welcome back, Bestie Gang. I have a special guest with us. This is going to be an episode unlike any other, and it's going to be all about growing us as Black females and as a Black community. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Ashley. Hey. So today she is going to be a part of our podcast. We are going to cover everything from real estate, happy wife, happy life, marriage, relationships, and pretty much anything that I throw at her. I've known her for 29 years at this point. So literally everything that I throw at her, we going to go with it. Yeah, so everything. Just a little bit about yourself. Ooh, say that one more time. We Tell started breaking up. So I am Ashley Kelly. Um, I haven't legally changed my name yet, but I will soon be Ashley Kelly Clinton. So I've been married a year and some change. Um, I'm from Oakland originally, have been in Vegas the last five years. It actually made five years this week. So I don't feel like my that five year, it really doesn't. It doesn't. But Vegas has been extremely well to me. Um, I purchased my first home here. I was trying to do that in California, but my checks wasn't that long. So I came home down to Vegas to make that happen. Um, so, yeah, I've been a homeowner for like two years now. That's also went by extremely fast. Um, so I can't wait to answer those questions. Let's see. Very family oriented. I am a business owner. In the midst of building my own design firm where we actually specialize in building from inception to completion, small home communities. So we are going to build homes that are no larger than a thousand square feet, but we're going to have amazing amenities. So if you can picture your favorite resort, merging that with your home, that's what Ashley Kelly Design is bringing to the market. And we are super duper excited. Um, let's see what else. I think that's it. Cause I know Candace going fire me with questions so <laughs> I'll just stop there I think that's enough so the first thing that I want to do is a check-in with everything going on in the world from Mrs. Corona who doesn't want to go anywhere mm. to Black America what are as a Black woman who has a Black father Black sister Black husband Black nephews Black family members what is your current like what are you, your current vibes what are your current thoughts with everything going on in the world so I'll start with Corona. Um, corona is, I don't want to say I don't believe in Corona, but I do believe that there is a motive behind Corona. Um, okay. I feel like they do not have a handle on it whatsoever. And that kind of irritates me. Like, if you're going to throw some information at me, I need facts, not opinions, not it has, it's just uncontrollable. So and don't, don't tell me to drink bleach. You know what? <laughs> Get your boy. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do my due diligence to make sure I'm staying safe. So thankfully, I, you know, have been taught the routine of hand hygiene since working in the food and beverage industry. So that came pretty easy. Um, wearing a mask. So that was recently mandated out here in Vegas. So trying to get accustomed to that. But truthfully, since I came back from California in April, I have left my house probably 10 times to date. And that's including my weekly grocery store runs. So Friday mornings, we go to Trader Joe's. We back in the house in two hours or less. 
and I literally be in the house. So I do that until they decide to get a little more control on this. Um, recently started hearing about that vaccination situation. I'm not feeling that part. So, but I am invested in my vaccination stocks, even though I don't plan on getting vaccinated. But anywho, um, yeah, the whole Corona thing, I'm just doing my part because if it is something that's real and something that's as out of control as they state, all I can do is make sure I'm holding myself accountable and doing my due diligence. Okay, come on with that calendar. Hello. Now let's go on to this BLM. So the George Floyd video, let's start there. It took me, I think I watched the video on accident last month. Okay. And the reason why I didn't watch it when it first happened, one, I think it's just disrespectful. Like I thank social media for what it does, but when it's instances like that, like it has kind of a contradiction to it to me. Like if it was my personal loved one, I would hate for that video to be viral. Absolutely. But then at the same time, you kind of want to let the world know what's going on. So yeah. it, I kind of had mixed feelings about that. And so when it came to uh, back to why I wasn't watching it intentionally, because everyone pretty much when I sit with anybody, that's the topic. And I don't have a problem with it, but I could pretty much paint the image from what they're saying. So I'm like, you know what? I'm really not about to watch it because just from what they're telling me, I'm hurt. Exactly. Watching it, I'm going to lose it. So stumbled upon it. And like I thought, got pissed off immediately. And I was pissed off for several reasons because it's not to say that anyone there at that specific time did anything wrong. But I immediately went into what I would have done. Mm -hmm. I automatically think like, hold on, it's two, three cops. It's 50 of us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to mount up and do something, <laughs> period. Like, you know, they may get some of us, but they're not going to get out of all of us. We outnumber them. So that was my mindset. Like, put the phone down and use your physical abilities. So... That was my thought. I was mad at that. Sad at the fact that he was calling for his mother. So, of course, I looked at that as a spiritual um, Absolutely. a spiritual view. You know, his mother has passed away. And, you know, they say when you're going through your transition, your, your ancestors call you home. So, that was just extremely emotional for me. Um, and then just watching how the cop didn't care was um, it made it seem like he does this on a daily basis. Like right. it was easy, you know? And so for them to just be numb to it, I was just bothered yeah, on body. every front. Like, you're right. And I think to speak to what you're saying, I did not watch the full video either. I actually watched mm -hmm. a 20, I think it was a 27 minute clip by accident mm -hmm. because I thought it was going into some other information and actually was just a period of time where he was calling for his mom and the man's hands were in his pockets. So I purposely can no longer watch those videos because how infuriated I become. Exactly. Um, I don't think it's healthy to continue to watch black men or black women or anyone black continue to be murdered and recorded. I don't think yeah. that's healthy for anyone. Along with everything else as black people that we've had to endure, I just don't think it's healthy. Absolutely. I, I 
didn't watch it, but I have to agree with you. The look on that man's face and his hands in his pocket as if he's walking down. So casual. (laughs) So casual. That is haunting. That was insane to me. And so that was my right hook. Then I got hit with the left hook. And still to this day, the fact that Brianna Taylor's murderers are out living their best life like they didn't just kill somebody. And are protected by law. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, they just hit me with a one-two punch. Mm -hmm. That simple. And it's like, the pure disrespect is so blatant and is really unfair. And so it's like, I really... I mean, I salute the people who are still mentioning her name on a daily basis and still rooting for answers and really paving the concrete for her. Um, But a lot of people are starting to get silent and that bothers me. Like, because you got to ride for them the same way you would ride if Breonna Taylor was your sister. Period. So I don't need to know you personally. That affected me. And we can't let it die until justice is served and so that was my left right hook and then just from that I now like I have always asked that family be protected when they leave home but now I literally make the point like when my brother my nephew my husband goes to a corner store I immediately be like where are you going this and that like I need to know and mind you, the gas station is two minute walk, but it's like, Lord, please guide them, cover them. This, I make sure I say a prayer. And I have been consistent on that since the death of George Floyd, just because, hell, you only walk into the store, but we're still a target. So I can't let that prayer slide. So I got to make sure I get that pass and through. And I'm elated when they make it back through the door in one piece. So it sucks that we have to celebrate something so small, but for our community, that's hella major, especially for men. And with Breonna Taylor's case, even for women. Right. Yeah. Coming home every day is something that we took for granted. It's a blessing every time we get to walk in. Absolutely. So. And I think one thing that I found, I had the same outrage that you had, but I really had to put it into perspective. So what am I going to allow my rage to do? Am I going to continue to be further traumatized? further Mm -hmm. exposure to trauma that we've had since slavery what am I going to do how am I going to use the power that I have because each of us has some power within us to do something that we want to do so I've decided to fuel mine by informing the people at the agency I'm the only minority administrator at my agency so Mm -hmm. that's what I did we work in the mental health field and you're working in a community mental health who are you serving you're serving minorities Mm -hmm. my job and the power that I have is to make sure that you are informed on the people that you're serving and what's going to impact them and what their life is like outside of them coming into this clinic yes ma'am so I've really been trying to utilize my rage for something positive um I've donated to different causes here in Sacramento and throughout Mm -hmm. the nation that like support with making sure that kids are aware, making sure that these Black um, Black Lives Matter movements that are going out, making sure that they have supplies, like donating to their right. or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've been really just trying to make sure that I'm using it in a positive way because being angry and sitting at home is not going to do anything for anybody. No. So That's I've not really fixing to- anything. Yes, yeah, so I've been really trying to be very, very, very precise on like what exactly am I going to add to it, okay? Or I can be be- I can be Black and mad, but what what is that going to exactly. do? Exactly. Because all that's going to do is every time I see a police officer, I, I hate them. 
I hate to be be real. Every time I see a police officer, I'm infuriated because I feel like their motives are not what they signed, what they Absolutely. Like trying to fuel that for something positive because I know in my line of work, in my line of work, I will come into law enforcement because of the Mm -hmm. people that we serve. And I need to make sure that the the information that I'm giving and the light that people see when I interact with somebody is the light that's about purpose and positivity, no matter what we are being faced with. Exactly. So, really trying to make that my goal. It is not easy. Mm-mm. I'm ready to just turn up and ready to ride <laughs> at the time, but I have to put it into perspective also because I have nephews who are looking for me for yeah. it and looking to see how I'm going to react to everything that they're seeing also. Exactly. Like in a sense, you know, you have eyes of the youth watching you. So yes. you're a role model to somebody, whether they say it or not. And so yes. just having to really be cognizant of that and like you said it's not easy but it's like you got to channel that anger somewhere so it's good that you're channeling it to say you know what let me sign this petition let me make this phone call let me write this letter let me cash app to this young man who's trying to put together a rally or what have you like yeah I can't always be there physically but I'm gonna make sure I do my part from a virtual standpoint whether that's donate monetarily or in any way possible, whether that's sharing a post, telling somebody who is in Oakland, like, hey, go check this out. Be a part of this movement right? Um, and spread the word because that also helps. Absolutely. So we are going to get right into the real nitty gritty of today's episode. I want to ask you what really kind of fueled your... So I personally know that you have been into interior design and design of homes since mm-hmm. we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. We've always loved it. But what really got you into the designing of the home, like from the structure and the building? So that came about because when you go back to our teenage years, um, when I was looking at homes, like with my parents, when they were interested in buying my eyes were fascinated at the model homes, but not only the furniture, but paying attention to, wow, I love this staircase. Oh, I love where they put the kitchen. This is a nice window. So when I started going to school, I was in school for interior design. And so one of our first projects was to design a home and that's when it hit me like okay so this is more closely related to the architectural side of things versus interior decorating which words and titles that people use interchangeably but they are very very different like when you hire a decorator that's someone who wants your house to look nice aesthetically so they're the ones who's here to paint go furniture shopping for you you know do the ikea shopping get your rugs, get your pillows, get your couch. Whereas when you hire a interior designer who's very closely related to an architect, they're the ones who's going to help you with the remodel to say, okay, what cabinets am I putting in? What floor material, what sink? That's more, it's more laws involved. So you have to now start dealing with measurements, guidelines, zoning laws, knowing your construction materials. So it's a little more mathematical than the decor side which is more artistic so once I had to design that first house I immediately fell in love like I just my ideas ran wild and so I was like okay I see that I'm more into the structure the framing materials textiles things of that nature more so than I am choosing textiles for curtains 
So once I did that, um, took more classes, learned more about the industry, what then made me start saying, okay, I want to focus more on architecture. That's when I um, pursued the degree with Academy of Art in San Francisco because they had a degree specifically for interior architecture. And I was like, bingo, this is what I want. Um, because the design side was starting to lean a little too into decor a tad bit. And so I was like, okay, the architecture side is going to get me back to my interiors and structures as well as my elevations and things of that nature. So that's when I fell in love with the structural side of design. Okay. And see, it's you just you just hit me to something because when I hear interior design, I automatically think about the decorating. So I'm going to need you to get me like a home making home <laughs> something like that. Right. I'm sitting here taking notes like, okay, so there is a difference. So I think yes. to know my next question would be with you owning your first home, what is something that you would say to Okay, I'm not gonna tell people our age right now. We 21 and fabulous. What is something that you would have told your 20 year old self to prepare for in terms of home buying and preparing for your future? Okay, so this is this answer gonna be a little tricky because when I was in my 20s, I was always saying my goal is to own a home by 30. Always. So it was always manifested to be a homeowner by the age of 30. At that time when I was manifesting that, I didn't have the particulars. So I didn't say it's going to be in this city. It's going to look like this. It's going to, I didn't have none of that down. All I knew was the time May 17th came of whatever year I turned 30, I better be dangling some house keys. So period, period. So, of course, during that road of, let's just say, 20 to 30, life definitely happened. Mm -hmm. It was from heartbreaks to moving to job changes to uh, mental health things to deaths and families, loss, grief, all of that. But although I wasn't no longer verbally saying I'm going to own a home by 30, I was mentally and subconsciously still planning to own a home by 30. So... Once the opportunity came to relocate to Vegas, my apartment, I absolutely loved it. And I was starting to get to a place of like, you know what? I'm content with this. But then something dawned on me like, you know what? There, You can get more. So you can definitely have a home. So I went and just spoke with a lender. Lender turned and talking to the realtor. And um, once I started actually, because actually, let me backtrack. Um so yeah, the process went on. But to go to your question of what would I had told myself, I told myself everything that I possibly could. But now I can just rephrase that question and say, what am I going to tell the people who have questions for me today? Mm-hmm. And that's to really, and it may sound cliche, but you are probably more prepared than you actually think you are. And I know that because I was that girl. I was one who was like, I don't have an 800 credit score yet. Hell, I don't have a 750 yet. Um, I don't have 20% down. So when you're looking at the cost of homes being 200,000 and 300,000, bringing 20% to the table is a big chunk of money. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't have that much money. Like, I don't have that savings. My credit isn't up to par. Um, and just all those things. But we listen to that from, you know, other homeowners. We may read articles, listen to podcasts that say you need to have all these ducks in a row. But they never tell you to just go talk to a lender. That's it. Like, the lender, one, is free. Two, ain't asking you for no information that you don't already possess. Like you're going in there with the same thing that you need to file your taxes, your tax returns, some pay stubs, your ID, your social security card. Um, where did you work for the last two years? That is all you need. And you will have a pre-approval letter in a matter of 10 minutes. So if you can just go do that, you will look up and be like, whoa, the lender didn't even ask if I had an 800 credit score. The lender didn't even ask you know, or demand that I have 20% down. They're just there to give you a pre-approval and tell you this is what you have to go shopping with, with where you stand today. There may always be room for improvement, but that's where your line of questions just come in. So to say that is all to say, get a lender first before you just totally um, deem yourself um before you just basically cancel yourself out, talk to the lender first because you're going to qualify for something, you know? So be realistic on there with an open heart, open mind. And then once they say, Hey, you qualify for a hundred thousand dollars and this is where your credit is. Let's look at your savings. That's where you say, okay, I know how much I need to save. I know where I want to get my credit to so that I can turn that $100,000 offer letter into a, look at me talking about an offer letter, pre-approval letter, (laughs) turn that from a hundred thousand to 300,000. So I would say start where you are with what you have before you just dig yourself in a hole because I promise you it is going to be so much easier and such a relief once you just get that piece of paper in your hands. Okay, so I'm going to pause you right there because sister, you're getting into some of the (laughs) ma'am. So, first she gives y'all all all the juiciness before I can ask get some more questions because maybe she got the 411. (laughs) Tell y'all two days ago, literally, I was saving every text that she sent me. Like, it was real. So, one thing, the next question that I have is, what is important to know? What are key terms, key things that you really feel are important that people know when they're thinking about first-time home buying? And I say this because you put a lot of things into perspective where you were telling me about um, debt-to-income ratio. You were telling me about down payment, pre-approval. Like some mm-hmm. of these terms that literally, let's be real, as a community of, let, let's go there, let's, I'm going to go there. As African-American people, sometimes <laughs> we become okay with just, well, I got my apartment, I got my own place. That, exactly. That, I'm just stuck there. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think to like dive into just learning about the different things and really realizing it's not as far-fetched as I thought it would be for me. Like right. just learning some of the information that you presented to me made, made me think like, okay, this is obtainable. Like, this is reachable. It's not so mm-hmm. far-fetched or so in-depth and just out there as it's made to seem. Because it's made, to, it really, it presents you to at a place where you can be fearful of even entering into thinking about buying a home. Absolutely. Like, society is going to make you think it is unattainable and that you can't reach it. It's impossible. When in all actuality, if you just come on back down to reality, you're going to see that None of this is something that I can't obtain. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I said, who doesn't have an ID? 
who doesn't have a W-2, who doesn't have work history, who does not have um, a check stub. You have everything to go get your pre-approval letter today. But listening to, like I said, reading those Forbes articles and everything and no shade, but they gonna have you thinking that you will never be a homeowner when truly that's not the case because what Forbes isn't telling you is that there is companies out there who will pay for your down payment. So you thinking you have to have this $60,000 just sitting in a bank, but no one's telling you that it's a company out there who got the 60 grand for you ready to pay it for you. Mm-hmm. So tap into your resources is another thing I would tell the 20 year old use your resources. And I want to be honest and share something. I think my first goal was like, well, you know, okay, I finally finished school. I'm not going to do any more schooling. I'm really getting mm-hmm. further in my career. So, you know, I'm just going to get my own place and I'll rent. That'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I got to be real. The pandemic along with the recent Breonna Taylor and George Floyd like hit me in a level that I don't know if it ever hit me. And yeah. it was about all these years, 401 years, my people who look like me, my ancestors have fought for me to have the right to go to the school that I went to. Mm-hmm. Be be the be in the position that I'm in at my job. And they fought to be able to own land, to have something of their own. So who am I to just settle for it because I feel like the white person has made it so hard or made it seem that it's so unobtainable. Exactly. And like everybody ain't gonna get what I'm saying. Everybody ain't gonna get it. For the people who know, they're gonna it it hit me at a different place, like all of this fighting and and what? All of this fight, like it it everything is about growth. Everything has to be about the next level. Me being in the mental health field was a fight that my ancestors didn't get to fight. Me being able to exactly. own property at the age that I'm going to own property because I'm claiming it, I will own it at the age that I want to. That's going to be something that my ancestors fought for as well. So when I mm-hmm. think about, okay, well, all of these things that are painted as things that we can't reach, we have to put ourselves in a position to reach them. When they say you can't go to that school, apply just because they told you you couldn't go. Thank you. And so that's what it really was for me. I don't know what the the George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor and just everything right now have, when, you, when you're when you sitting at home with nothing else to do, you start thinking about all the things that you took for granted and the things that you continue to take for granted. Exactly. And I'm not gonna, I think I've decided no longer to just sit around on the what is, or you know, I'll, I'll just be okay with mediocre. No. Thank you. You want it, go for it. And I, that's what it really was for me. And I know there's a lot of other you know, young black women that feel like, oh, well, maybe I'll just settle here and I'll be okay with just having my apartment because it's just me. Mm-hmm. Baby, don't wait on a man and don't wait on anybody else to go after what you want to go for. If you want a house, go get the house because that's what you want. Exactly. So I just had to get that off my chest because that's it off. Get it off. That just know. me. I know some you can get settled and okay, well, this is okay. This is fine. Don't yeah. settle for anything that's not really what you want. So the next- oh, I right there. I need to put an asterisk, a pen, because <laughs> honey, when I tell you, when I went looking for homes that was for my first offer letter, mm-hmm. toe up to the flow up, but had hella potential. Like, were they up to my standards? Absolutely not. So when I seen that first home, I was like, hold on. I called my realtor, like, don't meet me here because I wouldn't dare. I worked too hard. <laughs> I was like you could turn around I was like because I came a little early and this is not for me lot size was perfect 
home was a no, neighborhood was a bigger no. So I got right back in my car and my husband was like, why are you leaving? I was like, I just got to put in more work because I'm not, I'm not settling for this. I get it. I need to humble myself. And I'm very, actually, I don't even want to say humble. I'm very grounded, but this house this is not for your girl. No. I would use the word humble so. for you. I think you are, not, I'm not just saying that because you're my god sister. You are very humble and patient. Like, you got some patience, baby. I have a lot of patience. A lot. Okay? That was with a lot of tea. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, how she got them patience? Girl, listen. And I'll be looking at like, you want me to pop in? She be like, I don't know where her patience came from. We same school Lord. <laughs> that's the huge thing that you just said because you know somebody's going to get that letter and they're going to go to that, those first two homes and feel like this mm-hmm. is this is all they approved yep. for this is it no no you go back to that lender and say listen this don't work this this not working okay so what I need to do to bring a bring a bring this up another digit like do we need to add another zero in here what do I need to do to get a better place a place that's for me that I'm happy with like because at the end of the day you pay for it so it's like I'm not just gonna pay for something I'm not in love with I put in too much work for it you know so it's like it's some stuff don't get me wrong you're gonna have to compromise but at the same time you ain't gotta compromise that much like be realistic but understand there's still compromise and that comes along with it but if you do not pull up to the spot and feel like it's home, don't move forward because you may feel more at home at your apartment that you're currently in and sit back until you could raise that um, pre-approval letter up a notch higher. And then you're going to be much more satisfied with what you purchase because it's the largest purchase of your life. So absolutely. One thing that you just said all also is compromising. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to compromise, but you also got to be willing to negotiate. Sometimes we don't negotiate the things that we want in life. We just, yeah. okay, well, I'll just go with this. That's what that, you only get what you negotiate. Yeah. So if you don't open your mouth and tell them, well, no, that's not okay for me. They're going to continue to push you towards something that you don't necessarily like. Yes. Like you have to understand, and this is no shade to anybody in any business, but your loan officer, they make money on how much you spend. And your realtor, they make money off how much you pay for your home. So you have to understand, yes, they sometimes have your best interests at heart, but they all here for a check. When you got to understand, you in this marriage, in this um, relationship of industries, you're not getting no check from it. You're spending, you're cashing the check. They're reaping from it. And that's not negative or anything, but you're going to have to learn how to depict. I have to know how to silence one ear and listen to myself. I have to know how to silence them out, even though they're the professional in the field. But that's where you tune into yourself, tune into God, listen, be attentive, do your own research. Like, I can't explain how stressed out I was. Not a bad stress, but a really good stress. But just because I pounded every ounce of knowledge I have into my brain. I ain't never been in no real estate industry, the loan industry. But I made sure when I sat down with each of them, I can definitely meet you where you at when you're conversing. Okay. So I know what. Ask. Let me stop because I feel like you're gonna ask a question. No. Okay. Go on, that oh, okay. Was- okay. <laughs> so I 
I was never not researching. I bought books. I was on Google was my best friend. And so that I know that when I meet with my realtor, when I meet with my inspector, when I meet with my builder, when I meet with my lender, I'm going to be able to articulate everything you are saying. We're going to be able to communicate effectively because I stayed up to two in the morning, making sure I knew what to say, what to ask, what language to use, what terms to research and what was most important. So I had a legal pad full of questions. I made sure I had their personal phone numbers, their office phone numbers, because if something comes across my mind, I need the answer. Like, I have to utilize y'all. This is what I'm technically paying y'all for. Come on. So we're going to make sure I get the answers I need. And we're going to break it down because I'm not a lawyer, but we're going to break it down to a space where I understand it. We're going to speak English. <laughs> You're going to make me understand. And if I had to paint the picture in the best way that I understand, that's what it's going to take. Because they're going to use a lot of terms that. Okay, guys, we are back. We had some technical difficulties. Anchor's giving us a run for our money, but we are back. So you were talking about more of really making sure that you do your research and you going in to be able to ask the questions that you really want to ask and being able to speak the language that, you know, these different realtors and lenders are speaking. Absolutely. Because there's so many moving parts. And you just basically want to know what you're signing up for. That's pretty much the moral of it all. Okay. To, yes, you know you want a house, but you have to know what comes with that. Right. And it's a process. So it's not just putting the check on the desk for them to cash. It's actually knowing what you're signing, understanding what APR means, understanding what a down payment is, understanding why they ask that you have um a certain credit score, understanding the different home buyer programs, understanding that you don't have to have a conventional loan. There is an FHA loan. Understanding what if you go the new home construction route, which is a total different entity, it's understanding who are the different players because now you're dealing with a builder, a lender, and a realtor and the construction guys. So it's a lot of moving parts and you just want to know what's going on. So I made sure I was well-versed when speaking with my lender, well-versed when speaking to my realtor, well-versed when speaking to my builder. And if I, if it was areas where I knew it was going to take a little more longer for me to interpret it, I had to be willing to pay for the outside professional to come and assist me. So for example, um, with the new construction, my builder, like I had to do a walkthrough before my home was actually framed to where it was just nuts and bolts. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, okay, I can't point out or make out what may be wrong. And I don't have the time to learn, actually, because my appointment is in three days. Okay. I tried watching YouTube videos. I was like, no, this is too <laughs> much. And so I was like, I got to hire somebody. So I went on Home Advisor. I found a third-party inspector. And asked him to meet me there. And he did. And thankfully, I found a, somebody who used to build homes. So he was on them, like, white on rice. Like, he was pointing out things to me, like, I'm not saying they did this wrong. But if they're going to do the job anyway, they should have made it right. Okay. Using wrong screws. Using, like, my plywood wasn't two by fours. And it was just certain things that they had to fix that if I wouldn't have had him, some things would have been a little bad. He was right. like, if they don't fix this, you go to hang up a picture, your wall will fall down. And it's like, 
whoa, like, I'm glad I paid an extra $200 to hire you because you have saved me from spending $2,500 in the near future. Exactly. So, so I'm going to pause you because I got some questions just based on things you just said. So my question is going to be two parts. If somebody's looking to buy a home, what are the two people that they need to be in contact with? And if someone is looking to build a home, because I heard it sounds like for one, you only need two individuals and for the others, possibly two to three. Yes. So, so tell us um, about lenders, realtors, and what exactly their roles are for those who don't know, like to inform people. Yeah. So I would start no matter which route you take, the only time you will not need a lender is if you're paying cash. Because that means that you're not financing and that's what your lender does. They provide the loan for you. So if you're not, if you're paying cash, you don't even need to seek a, a lender. Okay. Cut the check. Period. Period. When it comes to purchasing, um, purchasing from an owner, which is a house that's previously built, um, a realtor, I don't want to say is required, but the realtor knows the law. The realtor, the realtor is there to protect you. Okay. the one who you hire so they're on your side when it comes to new construction i'm pretty sure you guys have all visited new construction homes went to see model homes mm -hmm. that person who we all try to duck and dodge when we walk into the office you know <laughs> that person is the realtor for those homes you are seeing that individual works for the builder so if you go see a toe brothers property pote richmond american that individual who's giving you them pamphlets and asking to schedule a meeting and fill out this information card, they are the realtor for the builder. Okay. So when like, you go be home, when you go into the little KB homes, that's exactly. Okay. So when you go new construction, you really don't need a realtor, even more so than purchasing uh, previously owned, because that is a realtor. The reason why I had a realtor still, even though I did new construction, is because this is where your knowledge comes in that realtor works for the builder mm -mm. their interest is not you their interest is the builder got you okay your realtor still if you hire one going new construction works for you so you can let your realtor and the builder's realtor communicate and just have your girl get back to you um versus i just feel like if you don't have a realtor going new construction you just gonna have to do a bit more research because um, you have to understand that realtor who works for the builder has the best interest of the builder, not you. Got you. So because those are your three major players. I hope y'all got y'all notepad because I'm taking notes. Y'all better have it, okay? <laughs> it's some key terms that you put me onto, and maybe there's other stuff. We've talked about down payments, APR, um, mm -hmm. the different conventional FHA. What are other things that you think people should be researching? If you have, um, if anybody, I don't want to say anybody, but if you've been, if you've served the country, Navy, Army, anything like that, you have some of the best advantages in your fingertips. Like, you don't even pay a down payment. And that's amazing. You have the luxury of banking with and getting financing through Navy Federal. That's amazing. Let me so the benefits. Uniform, Lord. Yeah, right like can I get a camouflage hat please <laughs> so the benefits that come along with that is nothing matches it um, even if it's your parents they also have perks you just need to ask those questions about it I'm not too fluent in that area because I couldn't utilize it but what I do know is 
nothing matches what a person who's a vet, who's serving the country, anything, children and grandchildren, your home buying process is is a cakewalk almost. So definitely look into that. Um, when you, what was the question you said? Um, well, I was just asking you different terms that you think are important for people who are thinking about being home uh, first home time buyers, what they should research. First time home buying programs. Okay. Very big. Because you have to know, like I said, there's companies out there who will pay, <clears throat> who will pay for your down payment. Companies out there who, um, if they don't pay for it all, they'll pay for some. There's some, when you go new construction, they may pay your closing cost. Because uh, it's not just your down payment that you pay. You also pay a closing cost. So there, we just hear down payment most often. Right. But there's also closing costs. And when you go new construction, there's the retainer, the deposit, and the closing costs. So you definitely um, you want to know those terms, down payment um, assistance programs. NACA is really big. They do a lot of helping to help individuals with their credit and things like that. NACA has been around a long time. And so they run out of funds a lot, but do not be discouraged because there is so many other companies. And you want to definitely run these questions about the programs to your lender because not every lender participates in programs because it requires them to take classes and coursework and be certified and not every lender is going to do that. So you want to make sure that you may really be filling lender A, but lender B got got everything you need to come in with less money to can probably better assist you. So you want to be sure to keep your relationships with these people very professional. Um, you know, personalities may click and you may feel more comfortable with an individual. Just make sure that individual can take care of you the same way that their competitor can. No love loss, but I'm trying to keep some money in my pocket. So if your best friend can't provide that, like, hey, girl, I want to deal with you, but I need you to go take this down payment assistant class so I can deal with you. Because their competitors are going to be able to offer you more. And that just brings me to say, shop around. You can definitely interview realtors. You can interview lenders and see who you want to go with. And you can get pre-approved from however many banks you want to get pre-approved from. So you go to Bank of America, you can go to Chase, you can go to Wells Fargo, you can go to your private credit union, mm-hmm. any of those, and compare and contrast. See which one works best for you and do the same with a lender. Okay. One other thing that I was really researching is don't just go off of a realtor because you found them online. Go through word of mouth. Like, actually go to a yeah. realtor or a lender that was referred to you. Yes. Okay. Referrals referrals go a long way. Um, for me, since I'm pretty sure I would have used a referral had I purchased in California, okay. but coming to an environment where I didn't know anyone, I actually met my realtor via Instagram. And oh. thankfully, I looked up because she's phenomenal. Like, Really had my best interest, very informative, and still to this day, we have a really good bond. Um, and definitely plan on working hard with her in the future for my business. Um, so sometimes you do just look up when you, when pretty much all you have is yourself, you're mm-hmm. gonna figure something out. So right. I probably would have had to interview a ton of realtors, but thankfully, she was like my second one. And I was like, okay, this is, I like her style, she knows what she's talking about. 
African-American, like, let's go. So she was very patient. She wasn't pushy, which is really what I appreciated. Like, because it was a time when I first started and I drew back and didn't contact her for a year. And that's when I was going through the phase of, "Ah, no, I don't think I'm ready. And then came back to her 13 months later, like, okay, let's go to step two. I think I'm ready. Let's do it. And she accepted me and we made it happen. Okay. The next thing that I have is let's talk about the money part. In terms of money, what is important to save? What is important to know that before you spend any money, this is what you should be preparing yourself for? So I wish, like my top question is always, how much do I need to put down? That is the number one question from home buyers. So I wish I had an answer, a direct answer for that. But my answer is, it really depends on what you're comfortable giving. So I say that to say, do you need 20%? No. What I'm most concerned about personally and what I think is important and to really weigh your options because you only pay your down payment one time. Mm -hmm. You pay your mortgage for 30 years. I got to be more comfortable with the payment I got to make for 30 years. Right. So that's where my mind was. So I was like, I do not want my mortgage to exceed two grand, period. If we get to talking 2,001 cent, I got a problem. If I can come in lower, perfect. But I went in and said, okay, if I want to pay two grand a month, that's my max, including HOA. How much do I have to put down? Now, they're going to start you at the top and say 20%. But then that's when you return. I don't want to put down 20%. This is where programs come in. FHA loans don't require 20%. Conventional does. So FHA, you could come in with as little as 3% down. 3% is a lot less than 20%. Right. So now with them giving you that price cut, they do require that you have over a 500 credit score, but that's very attainable. So you can definitely make it work to say, you know what, if I have to do credit repair for six months to instead paying 20% down, I can pay 3%. Let me go ahead and pay for credit repair. If all it means is me paying some credit cards down or removing something off my credit to get to a 500, I'm going to do it. So I would definitely say, think about how much you want to pay a month. And then you ask, what is the lowest amount possible that I can put down? So when I got to doing my negotiating and my bargaining, they were like, okay, put down, um, give us 10 grand. We're going to put you at 1800 a month. Okay. Not bad. What if I gave you eight grand? What is my mortgage going to be? Uh, your mortgage should go down $50. Yeah. I, I would rather keep two grand in my pocket. So that's where you start leveraging. Like, cause it's the same with a car. When you purchase a car and finance it, $1,000 is equivalent to $10 on your car. That ratio is effed up. Mm-hmm. Same. One on a down payment don't really save you on your mortgage that they were they try and paint a picture that you must have 
if speaking was a forty thousand dollar deposit your mortgage may be eighteen hundred and like I said these numbers are not gonna match it's just to show you guys what I'm talking about right so forty grand that's twenty percent your mortgage is eighteen hundred you may have that money and give it up like all right here go here go but had you asked and said if I give you thirty grand how much would my mortgage be they'll probably say seventeen fifty but you out of a whole 10 grand just because you had it. Yep. Don't let them play you like that. Because when I say the margin is very small, you can keep that liquid asset in your hands. You can keep that in your bank account. You can use that for incidentals because they're definitely going to come up. Okay. So that leads into having that extra cushion outside of when you're done paying just to move in. So you have to account for the refrigerator going out. And actually, let me stop. You don't have to buy your appliances when you move in. So that's another couple of thousand you need outside of down payment, outside of closing costs. All of that, that's a separate fund. So we ain't even dipping into you getting your appliances. Uh, utilities are still due. Your mortgage due in 30 days. All of that, like the the payout does not stop. So want to make sure you can account for when your air conditioning unit goes out for when your garage door needs something for when you got to call the plumber all that little 75 dollars here the three thousand for the unit that all that adds up so keep in mind you want to definitely not be on e when you move in even though it's extremely hard but if it does get to that case at least make sure you have some cushion on like your credit cards so it's imperative, I would say, to give yourself some leverage when it comes to your credit card bills. Because if you are going to be on E when it comes to cash, at least have a reserve on your credit card. So that in the event of an emergency, you can access something. You have the ability to pay. So one of those two, make sure you have. If you are on E with cash, credit cards max out, it's not time to purchase because the bills is going to keep coming and you're going to have more bills. So everything is on you as a homeowner. You pay the water, the garbage, the sewage, the mortgage, the home insurance, the HOA. I at least have about 12 bills that's just for my house monthly. Not that they all in the triple digits, but you add up $50 here and there, $100 for this one. Garbage is that much. HOA is this much. That's going to kind of add up. And you got to have that consistently and consecutively and on time. So you definitely want to make sure you're not tapped out when purchasing. Okay. So you just brought up some things. So when you're talking about um, spending and having money, let's talk about once you put an offer on something or once you get approved, are you able to still keep spending money like you normally would? Absolutely not. And especially if you're going the new construction route, pros and cons in every, no matter which direction you choose to go. So I'll speak from new construction first. New construction, one of the positive components is the fact that the day give them the retainer to say, hey, here is my deposit for you to start building. That is not the day that your down payment is due because your house has to get built and that's a process. So my first thought is like, Ooh, 
my house ain't gonna be ready for another six months i got six more months to save i got six more months to pay down credit card debt i got six more months to pay my student loans i was excited but they gonna hit you with the but you can't spend for six months so you'd be like so that six month period was extremely stressful because the reason why you say clarify when you say you can't spend you cannot spend because when they pre-approve you say for instance you got a pre-approve of two hundred thousand your house is ready in six months so it's january your house is going to be ready in june Mm -hmm. you cannot let your credit go any lower than what it was and when they pre-approved you your savings can't dip no lower than what it was when they pre-approved you you cannot go buy a car, a refrigerator, a luggage, none of that if it's going to alter your credit report negatively. Okay. So if purchasing a car because your engine just went out is going to make you finance, you better make sure you bring in more income because that car note changes your debt to income and it gives you an inquiry that you didn't have when you got pre-approved. So your lender is looking at it like, okay, in January... With the job you had, the money you had, the um, down payment you said you had, the credit score I seen, this is what I pre-approved you, pre-approved you on. Mm-hmm. But you used them six months to go to Cabo, to get a car, to <laughs> do any of that. Were you using credit or were you d- dipping into savings that you no longer have? When it comes time to pay them and they got to rerun your credit, they're going to sit you down. They're going to have to have a talk with you and say, um, ma'am, you may be losing your home. Okay. Even though we built it for you, but because you no longer have the same um, amenities that you had when you came in January, we can't allow you to move in. And in my community here, there were a lot of homes. That happened to a lot of owners. One so, couple lost their home because they got divorced in the midst of their home being built. Okay. That means you can't so like move in. People need, to, people need to prepare themselves for the moment you decide to go in and you're serious about buying. You should be stopped. You should stop utilizing any and all of your credit cards as well yep. as whatever savings you said you have on hand. That don't should be a savings it. account that you don't touch it. For six months, you don't have no savings. You do not have credit cards. Okay. Don't slip up and not pay your student loans. Don't slip up and pay your T-Mobile bill late. All that is going to affect your credit score. And your lender going to say, wait, in January you had a 700 and now we about to close and you're about to get your keys and you sitting down with a 650. So now either for you to move in, I'm going to need five extra thousand right now. So if you ain't got that, you you're not moving in it's time to start back over and look for another house that you can now afford with a new pre-approval letter because the one you have has to get shredded because you don't no longer have what you said you had back in january got you now my question is for this because this applies to me so say i have a savings account that i have specifically set up just for my home buying process and my savings I give them that information, but I have another account that I use for my day-to-day expenses, different things like that. I know that they have to have access to all of them. What if I'm using that day-to-day account and not utilizing my savings? Well, my savings is not touched. I'm not using any credit cards. What is going to be their response then? So 
you can definitely because they whether you tell them about an account or not they're gonna find out they're gonna say oh we see you had another bank of america account that you failed to mention but <laughs> say for instance you know you're gonna tell them like okay i got this chase account where i keep my savings for my home mm-hmm. this bank of america account has nothing to do with me purchasing a home i'm only giving you these statements because i'm required to so they're definitely going to analyze it but even if it was a account where you are going to be using it for home expenses all they're going to do is look at it and deem it as we need some explaining or hey we can simply ignore it but it works out for you kind of in a case it's like a double-edged sword because if they see that the account that you say you're not using for a house but you got ten thousand dollars resting in there Mm-hmm. they're going to say, well, okay, we know he or she has the means. Even though she said this ain't for her house, but we know she got some money. And then that's even to say, let's play it in the negative aspect of he or she said it's not for her house, but we see that there are um, what is that? There are uh, negative inquiries on there. Like when you went below your bank amount, when you uh, Lord, what is the thing called? Overdraft fees. Yes. Okay. I was just going to say that. Okay. They don't frown upon them. They're just going to ask you to explain them. What happened here? What happened there? What happened? Whatever. So it doesn't ding you. They just going to want an explanation about it. Like um, I accidentally went to Macy's and I didn't think I, I thought I had more, more money. Simple. And that's it. Um, as long as they see that it's not something to where you stay negative for a very long time, because then in their head, they're going to start thinking like, okay, this individual is living above their means. So don't let the negative inquiries or going below your um, amount and overdraft fees. Don't let that think that that disqualifies you because it doesn't. You just don't have to explain it to them. And it's nothing like legal or nothing like that. It's just a conversation. Look, yes, it went overdraft whatever you could probably make something up because they're not investigating it they just want you to explain it so um those are the two things you can definitely tell them whether it's for the house or for not but they are looking at it okay that was a that was a good question the next thing that i let me see dang i think you answered most of these already Hmm. Yep, most of my the rest of my <laughs> questions you have already. What is there anything that you think that you would want people first time home buyers to know that we haven't already discussed? I would say um know that know the difference between assets and liabilities. That's going to get you far. I preach purchasing a home as much as you may want to buy that new car as much as you may want to finance the the student loan know the difference between your assets and liabilities if I can just keep it absolutely real with y'all if you're looking to buy your first place it doesn't need to be your dream home I will repeat that your first property should not be your dream home. And I only say that to say the reason why is because if you, the, your best bet 
coming out to purchase your first home is to purchase rental and a rental property. So your first and the best and what's going to set you up for the rest of your life is to purchase a multi-unit dwelling. So that's an apartment building, a duplex, a fourplex, anything like that where you could put tenants in it and live in one because they're going to pay not only your mortgage, but they're going to pay your rent. And from that, that's when you go buy your dream home. So this could be saved for another episode because it's a bunch of, <laughs> it's a bunch of tea. But if you are interested in buying and you're going after the dream home on your first purchase, I'm going to say, if you got time and if you're patient, go the route of purchasing your rental investment because at that point in time, you're going to be able to come to the table and not even need a lender. You're going to be able to pay cash for your dream home. Got you. So where you don't have to worry about nothing I mentioned about a lender. Another one is, like I said, knowing your debt to income ratios, that's going to be very big um, because they're pretty much critiquing you on how much you make versus how much you have left over. So you may be thinking you popping, making $125,000 a year, but if your rent is $3,500 a month, don't think you're just about to get 500000 because they're looking like, okay, you make six figures, but you pay too much in rent. And that could be a life or death situation to where it's like, you know what? You're going to have to move in with your family members, sleep on some couches for a little while because your debt to income is way too high. Okay. Don't have a car note with that because now they're just going to say, try again later. <laughs> get rid of the car. So think about it. If a home is what you want, but you're also saying, but man, I want that new car. If you can't pay cash for either one and the house is what you want, house is going to have to proceed and you're going to have to say, you know what? I'm going to have to go and get that bucket or I'm going to have to ride with somebody or Uber and Lyft don't have to be my best friend. Mm -hmm. So debt to income, definitely research that. Um, And credit, I'm not saying you need an 800, but keep it clean. If there is a credit card bill that you are high on and you think you're not about to pay it. They're definitely going to make you pay it out of your deposit, out of your down payment. Cause I thought I, I thought I was slick. I was like, I'm not about to pay this extra 500. And then I got an alert at 2 AM talking about your capital one has been paid. Now, thank God. Cause somebody paid 500 and I'm grateful. And then my lender got to telling me, well, we took your money and paid it. Cause you weren't. So I'm like, well, look at that. I paid it. So, <laughs> you think so you slick the lender will take they, okay I'm whoa that was uh, that was a huge so the lender can actually take the money and pay yeah they know everything about you so she instantly got on capital one and paid the bill with my down payment she took $500 from the lump sum of money I gave her and paid my capital one bill because I had to have that paid in order to get that loan so I'm thinking, you know, God just came through in a clutch and blessed me one time, you know, with an angel investor. And it was me all along who paid it. But they knew I wasn't going to pay it because I was like, I oh, don't make that big of a deal. Uh-uh. They're like, no, we're paying it. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm cool. I'll pay it next month. No, you're not. You're about to pay that right now. Actually, we're going to pay it and not even tell you. <laughs> so they actually use your down payment for your best interest. Um, so with them knowing everything about you, they can make plays that you think they can't, as you've heard, they paid my bill for me, um, to me. 
And they can do that. If they got to get your figure to fit so they can approve that loan, they're going to do it by any means necessary. And they're going to take it out of that down payment. So when you hand them that $10,000 check and you got a credit card bill, they got, they're about to pay that credit card bill. So <laughs> just know. But I mean, it benefits you. You're at a zero. I mean, you ain't got no balance no more. You already paid the money, so you ain't missing it. Right. And it's a win-win, you know, so they got your best interest and they'll take care of your bills if they got to clear that loan. Whoa, that's good to know. Yes. So I was very stunned by that. I'm like, well, y'all want to pay anything else? But, okay. you know. Don't use my down payment because I got some other stuff. Right. Don't, don't ask me for no more money, though. <laughs> like, you can't do that. But they definitely didn't. So they definitely know how to take care of you and make it work. Because, listen, I don't have no more money to give you. They're trying to get a check. They're happen. Let them work for you. And hold them to it. I was her office an appointment. <laughs> Sitting in the lobby talking about is Nicole here? Texting her, hey, I'm in the neighborhood about to pull up. Okay, I'm free. Sure. Like, let me go and take up 30 minutes of some questions I was thinking when I was leaving Whole Foods. So, I know I could have just called, but I wanted to pop up and just Make sure you know I don't have no more money and that we still good, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I think you have answered so many questions and given so much information on like first-time home buying and just really the idea of you can pretty much have anything that you want. But you know it wouldn't be me without throwing (laughs) questions. So are you ready? I'm ready. Stay ready. Let's go. Let's talk about so first of all, dating in 2020 is trash. Just throw Girl, it all away. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I don't want it anymore? I hate it here. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> what in your mind of what you see now compared to when you were dating and you're now in a you're not dating anymore. You're married. So what? Like I can't even put it into words. Like what? <laughs> do you, what is your observation of everything? Like what would you say to a woman who? Things were different when you were dating. Yeah. Like now, what would you what would you say to somebody who's looking to date somebody for the potential of finding a husband? What would you say? Ooh. Um. Come on, church. Church, listen, <laughs> listen. Put. It's hard because in a relationship you're looking for companionship. Mm-hmm. You're looking to be codependent. But today, put yourself first, please put yourself first like back in the day like I could speak for myself like it used to kind of bother me when like why he taking this long to reply to my text messages and why he flake on our plans let them flake please go get your nails done or something take care of you because you better believe and I'm not saying they not answering for nothing negative they doing them which is something I think women don't do so it's like He's apparently doing him. He's apparently putting himself first. And I don't knock him for it. But I used to knock him when you was putting yourself before me. Because I was putting myself second. Because I was worried about you texting me and calling me back at 8 o'clock like you said you was going to do. But now I'm not even sweating when you don't call me at 8. Because I'm doing what makes me happy as an individual. So never lose sight of who you are. And you learn to fit them into your plans and your schedule and your lifestyle. It's not the other way around. We're going to merge these schedules together. 
and work it out that way. But listen, I'm not checking my phone to make sure you checking on me. I'm too busy loving Ashley, loving who you are. You, you're too consumed with yourself to be concerned about whether he's responding to you on time. And I guarantee you he going to respect and honor and appreciate you more than you will. Because he see that, oh, I don't come first in her life. You're absolutely right. You don't. So he's going to have to change up to know this is the caliber of woman I'm dealing with. So he'll change up. You don't have to say nothing. Let your actions do it and put yourself first and they will take you into it. So I'm going to summarize with what I'm hearing you say. What I'm hearing you say is that you feel as though the male wants to know why we got to play Jedi mind tricks with these fools. <laughs> you, you're saying that a man wants to know that you have other priorities and that you're not sitting around waiting on him. Yes. If y'all was supposed to go have pizza Friday at 8 and he didn't show up, you still go get pizza Friday at 8. So when he says, what you doing? Oh, I went and had pizza because I was never going for you. I was going because I wanted pizza. Oh, honey, you're getting spicy. Ooh, okay. Honey. So it's like, no, no, no. I always wanted pizza. Like I, I notepad down. Let me <laughs> I, I've been wanting pizza since last week. So the plans, the plans didn't change at all. Okay. It was just it changed from a party of two to a party of one. That was it. Now, so I showed up for myself. Oh, I showed up. Oh, let me wait. not you. Somebody put that in a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> for myself. She about to start acting crazy, y'all. <laughs> y'all don't pay me no attention. I can be. I can have all the education and being. A when I say she has been like this since back in the nineties, honey, back in preschool, girl, been the same exact way. So, when do you think it's okay to start? I wasn't. I wasn't ready. You threw a curveball at me. What would you say is a time to, because at some point in time, you have to show them that they are a priority. Mm-hmm. When do you start doing that? So you kind of subconsciously, all, they're always a priority, but sometimes it just goes silent for a bit because you're going to, when you practice self-love, you're going to do any and everything that you love and if it's being with him you're going to fit that in so never saying you know what I have to fit him in and what I'm doing he just has to meet you on that wavelength and so you're going to know when he starts to get it um and so I would say it's going to come at different times because some men you probably ain't gonna have to do too much He's going to show up for pizza at 8. He may be at your door at 720. Talking about let's go. And it may be you. (laughs) Right. He may have you a little stunned. So it can happen at any point in time. But it's knowing that. And then you can definitely express it. Like, you know what? I practice self-love. You're someone important to me. You're someone who I really enjoy being around. Um, But I just need to know from you that the feeling is mutual. Because I'm ready to invest. But if you're not, I'm going to digress. Um, Ooh, and just Ooh, let them let them respond. A coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> we got a merchandise line dropping October 2020. Girl, Let's go. You have, 
the quotes, baby. Goodness gracious. Oh my goodness, you a mess. But it's it's gonna come naturally. I can't really put a timestamp on it. But I think the two key things that you really hit on is self-love and focusing on yourself. Because when yes. you really do focus on yourself and really identify what your likes are and what your dislikes are, there are certain things that you just are absolutely not going to entertain anymore. And exactly. it's going to amaze you. Exactly. Yes, you identify <laughs> within yourself what you like and what you don't like. And you're no longer willing to tolerate things you used to tolerate. Yep. But I think, I think nowadays timing has is based on everything that people see on social media. Exactly. So you see these people doing this in three weeks a day and in three months a day. So mm-hmm. why you are saying something like that? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think that's the, I think that's the part where everybody's all over the place with dating. Oh, and then for sure. No mm-hmm. more. I don't even think people do people take the time to get to know each other or dating anymore it's no. like oh we gonna do this so we can post on the gram like that's it everything's for the gram everything deserves a like it's like you don't have to move that fast let it flow organically like you don't have to put a time stamp on it like by this date 30 days in i want to make sure you're calling me your girlfriend i want to make sure 60 days in uh we're meeting each other kids 90 days in we should be living together no no, Ooh, no, 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 ma'am. Don't work like that, okay? Mm. It's gonna play itself out. Don't rush it. Like, now how do you know I want to meet Jerome and Keisha? Thank you. I don't want to meet them yet. I'm not ready to play Barbies and race cars. No, okay, no, thank you. Mm. Or for them to say, You ugly, girl. Exactly. Come listen, your daddy. listen, <laughs> okay? You look like your mom. <laughs> like- <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. Um, Next question. Woo! What are, what do you think a woman should focus on when she is looking at, and of course for each person it's going to be different, mm-hmm. but what would you tell somebody if somebody say, you know, I'm interested in starting the date again, what would you tell them that they need to look for? Ooh-wee. Um, I'm going to speak from our age group. Okay. <laughs> so, I would say if you have to first face what's ugly. You're going to have to understand that this person is coming to the table with hella baggage. Face it, deal with it, swallow that pride. If you really want a relationship, you're going to have to be willing to deal with this person's imperfections. So when that comes with somebody who you feel, you know, you want the executive with the nice car, the 700 credit score already established, uh, no baby mama drama, all of that. But when you meet somebody who you genuinely like, you have to understand there's going to be some stuff you got to unpack with him, whether that be you supporting him getting this credit together, supporting him being a single father, supporting, you have to understand at our age, we didn't been through some things. Mm-hmm. So we are at the cusp of where we're going through things and figuring things out and learning to mature and adapt to the fact that we got to be responsible. So you have to be willing to put up with that. Now, I'm not saying every man is going to need to be a puzzle, but just know you have to be willing to put in some work and do not expect Mr. Perfect. He's going to be Mr. Perfect for you, but don't think it's going to come with you not having to do anything. It doesn't work that way. 
So I would also say, in the same breath, when you asking that he has all this, make sure you got it, please. Ooh, come on, sis. Make sure you have it. I can't okay. stand the fifty, and you got a three fifty. All right. Look, come on. Hello. You can't even get. Uh, you can't even get a store credit card with your credit. But he gotta have. Thank you. But he has to have the world. He has to have all of this. Be able to take care of yourself, so that he could take better care of you. Like it. I would just say go go in there with an open mind. And know that you got to match it. Everything you asking for. And really. And then pay attention. This is something I noticed when I was younger. Dating. I didn't care or I didn't focus on values. Values today is everything. Mm -hmm. Because it makes a world of difference. If you're a very family oriented person. But you then start dating somebody. Who don't even talk to their parents. Yep. don't have a relationship with the um, siblings it takes a toll at some point because that's not something you're used to so yep. start honing in on what are your values what is important to you and make sure they match you on the values mm-hmm. I could really care less about what's in your bank account and all that where's your values at because that's something that's extremely important yes because um, if you guys don't have the same values you will notice There'll be a shift with somebody. Somebody exactly on over on that side. For example, when you said the family, for somebody who doesn't have any association, no close bond with mm-hmm. their families, how we do, you on Facetime with your nephews and your brother every day mm-hmm. for an hour, laughing hysterically, and they don't understand what's so funny mm-hmm. and why y'all got to talk every day on Facetime exactly. for an hour. Exactly, was just over there. Yep. Or why they everybody at the house and y'all just seeing each other? Y'all always exactly. They don't that, and it's, it's like oh. And they and some people, if they're not mentally where you are, mm-hmm. it's a problem for them. Oh, you don't got no, you can't, you can't even be by yourself. Yep, you gotta watch out for people who don't understand the whole f- being family oriented. That dynamic, it's a, it does turn it's into problematic for them because they do not understand what's so funny and why mm-hmm. y'all always take exactly. <laughs> they don't want to hear about y'all childhood like, stories. Yes. Like, and it's difficult because your family is your soft spot. That's your bottom line. So when I'm with somebody who doesn't see that and got a problem with it, that's about to cause friction immediately. Because you telling me, don't rock with people who I've known since birth when I was born into this. That's a problem. So really focus on values. Yeah, you got to. Yep. I think another thing is what you just said is be able to bring it to the table and also yes. don't be look don't look for and I know everyone won't agree with this but this is just my thought don't look for a man to do for you what you can't do for yourself so someone oh he got to be able to buy me a Louis bag well baby can you go out right now and buy your own Louis yeah, thank bag? you did you buy one yet like like that's the question I think he should first see you with one like <laughs> And you're looking for him to fulfill something that you can't necessarily fulfill. And if yep. you can't meet that need on your own, how can you expect somebody else to do it? Yeah, and you've officially become do. a user. Exactly. Or then you become dependent on them because you need right. them. You should want somebody you shouldn't need. Right. Well, when you're dating. When you're dating. When I you're mean, dating. Yes. When, when you're dating. Right. My when husband owed me a bag. A, <laughs> when you're married, 
Yeah, you owe me that bag now, bro. Dating, when you're at the dating phase, it should be more of I want to engage with you. I enjoy this. Not, oh, mm-hmm. I got this on my own, so I need you to do this for me. So let mm-hmm. me be nice. Let me come and do this for you. Let me give you a little piece of this so that you know. Thank you. You being phony. No. And just because you passing out pee for Gucci. <laughs> Let's, let's keep it 100. Please, let's so do it. Pass around the collection. Y'all honey. Pass around for uh, different items. Let's Listen, they're going to bust it open it for out. the bag. Okay. Know that. They're going to do it. Okay. But you definitely, folks on values, communication is always key. No matter how small you think something is, communication is going to rescue and be your saving grace promise you that communication will never fail you you can never over talk you can never over discuss you can never over ask like they always said in school ain't no such thing as a stupid question same goes and applies when you're in a relationship or dating there's no such thing as a stupid question i don't care if i just sing it with my eyes i'm still about to ask because if it was i need to hear it if it wasn't stupid in school and this my real life and i gotta deal with you you. what you do is gonna impact my livelihood i'm not exactly anybody considers your ability to communicate with them or want to communicate with them problematic that lets you know Mm -hmm. that somebody who's not on your level emotionally yeah don't waste your time run because you can't communicate what we're emotionally feeling or what i'm trying to get through to you there's nothing else for us to talk about no we have to be able to talk i don't even want your energy around me nope so I am so excited that we finally got to do our episode. We've been talking about this for a year now. I was about to say, this has been legit a year in the making. Yes. Now tell everybody about your social media, your platforms, what they can find you, what you got upcoming, all of that. So I'll start with social media. I'm predominantly on Instagram. Um, I just recently deleted my personal page. So I made my business page my official go-to. So that's at Ashley Kelly, that's K-E-L-L-E-Y, design. And I'm not on Facebook as far as my business, but I am on Facebook personally. Um, I have a Twitter and those things, but I don't use them. So I would say, truthfully, Instagram at Ashley Kelly design. Um, What's coming up? Oh, man. What is coming up? I'm working on a... And it's not, it's not soon, but I'm working on it. It's the crowdfunding component of Ashley Kelly Design um, because I'm planning on building this business with a very low cost, low operating cost. So I'm not really trying to go into it with loans. So I'm actually going to be starting a crowdfunding campaign. So I have to do this whole fundraising gala to raise money to purchase a couple of acres of land so that I can build. So it's a very big project. It's going to require a lot more time, a lot more um, connections, networking. So that's what I'm working on. That's to come. Probably won't be until 2021. Um, in the near future, I would love to plan things like travel. But right now, we all know who's stopping that. Um, so I'm not planning much as far as destinations or events. I'm more so just planning for when the world does open back up. Making sure Ashley Kelly Design is ready to take off and present itself and really get the ball rolling. So I'm doing all my behind the scenes things like the business plan, the pitch deck, you know, mingling with people and, you know, hiring and doing all those things uh, so that when when it's time is we come in correct. Um, 
then you said what I'm working on, social media. I'm sorry, y'all, I'll be forgetting questions. So um, <laughs> she is missing that I love. She has her own podcast as well. It is called Bring Your Own. Yes. I, I will be posting that on my page as soon as we go live with this episode. You guys will be able to see all of her social media at AKD as well as Bring Your Own Wine. I'll have the links and it's available on all platforms. So I'll be sharing that. And they do have two episodes available. So you yes. To that. And just, I love the idea of Bring Your Own Wine because y'all know I always be sipping Stella. That's my Hello. Favorite. I was just drinking some sangria while we was having this conversation. So That's my favorite thing. So I hope to be on hers with my glass. Oh, definitely. Giving the tea definitely we got to plan that (laughs) so I want you guys to check that out and overall just her Instagram like I love her Instagram and how her oh my god her setup like visually oh my god like I need her to just come (laughs) on over and do (laughs) right check her out there I will have all of the links and her page linked on our Instagram very shortly um any going out messages you want to say man Mm. what could I say something juicy <laughs> like even though I know I ain't gonna think of nothing juicy till later but <laughs> <laughs> live life on your own terms know that anything you want to do achieve master you can definitely do it there's no such thing as too late and actually a good note that I'm gonna leave you off on be careful who you take advice from Ooh. and you gonna go far Come on with the word. Be careful. <laughs> one thing yeah. that I want to leave us off on with everything going on, and one thing that I really think is that we got to stop looking at everyone else's lives to really say how we fall, mm-hmm. how far we've come. So one thing that I want to say for you guys to do, when you when your head hits the pillow tonight, remind yourself that you are all right. You mm-hmm. are doing a great job. Be patient with yourself, and remember that big things are achieved, not all at once, but one day at a time. That is our episode, As Told by Besties, with our special and absolutely beautiful host, Miss Ashley Kelly. So thank you guys for joining, and we will see you Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye.